The following podcast has been paid for by the Drew World Order. Yo, hey, you're listening to the Drew World Order of Wrestling Podcast, and this is the least professional wrestling podcast. Not a professional broadcaster, audio editor, advertiser, nothing like that. I am just a lifelong fan who loves professional wrestling and sports entertainment, so I have a podcast chatting about it. I hope you enjoy listening to it. This show, I talk about Money in the Bank, um, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW Dynamite, uh, Fighter Fest. I give all my thoughts on, on those shows. You have all of that to look forward to on this DWO pod. We are going to get started with the Drews and Notes segment, and we're going to talk about Money in the Bank. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. <laughs> news this week apparently CM Punk is in talks to return to wrestling um from what I have heard um he has been in talks with AEW apparently but I do not know the full details that's definitely exciting if he is coming back he has definitely been missed in wrestling and so um if and when he returns, it's going to be a huge moment. Uh, just a massive moment in wrestling. But the most important thing to talk about this week was Money in the Bank that happened this past Sunday. Um, and uh, it was a pretty, pretty solid pay-per-view. It started out with the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. Uh, as the pre-show match, um, it was the Usos versus the Mysterios. This was actually a pretty solid match. The crowd was on fire for it. I liked the Usos winning the titles. It now puts those tag titles in the main event picture with the bloodline with Roman Reigns. The Mysterios were a nice one-night story for them to win the titles together as father and son and be champions, but they really didn't do anything with the titles all that much. So story-wise, the titles are definitely better on the Usos, and this will put uh, all of the, uh, well, I guess not the all of the main titles, but um, the tag titles and the universal title all in one main story, basically, and that is with Roman Reigns and the Bloodline and the Usos. Um, this could lead to something longer term, and I think that's where WWE is going with this. So I think uh, eventually they'll lose the titles. This will um, cause some problems in the bloodline, and um, then the bloodline will fall apart. So I think this is a, a part of a grander plan, and uh, I, I, I like the idea with the Usos winning the titles because the titles will actually means something on them. 
The next match, well, the match that actually started the pay-per-view itself was the women's in the uh, the women's money in the bank ladder match. Um, I was very surprised by this match. Nikki's win to me came out of nowhere. Um, I did not necessarily think she was really going to win. Kind of a, a dark horse, in my opinion. Um, the way she won was interesting. Everyone was on the ladders, and she just climbed up and grabbed the briefcase. I thought that was slightly lackluster, because we've seen that spot before where all of them are on the ladders, and usually nobody grabs the briefcase. This time, uh, it happened with Nikki Nikki Ash winning it, or Nikki A-S-H, I guess I should be calling her, which is something that bothers me about it. Now they're calling her Nikki as A-S-H. Like, they can't get it right. It was Nick, Nikki Ash... Uh, with two A's, and it was just with one A, and then, you know, they were announcing her as Nikki Cross, and then they finally announced her as Nikki Ash, and then they announced her at Money Bank as Nikki A-S-H. It's just confusing. Uh, the real star of the match, though, to me, was Alexa Bliss. The crowd went wild every time she was involved. Um, she was the first one to come out. She stood on the middle rope um, for all of the entrances, and then Finally got in the ring when everybody dispersed and went to get ladders. Um, the whole crowd booed when she got buried by the ladders. Uh, so, for me, um, Alexa Bliss, biggest star of the match. But Nikki Cross gets the briefcase. Um, then there was a Bloodline promo. Nothing too much to talk about there. The Raw Tag Team Titles was the next match, which was a fine match. Um, it wasn't anything spectacular. Almost was made to look like a star again, so him and AJ retaining was effective. Um, I was hoping the Viking Raiders won the titles. They're the more established team. I think they deserve the titles a little bit more. Um, Not that AJ and almost don't. Um, We'll see eventually how long AJ and almost hold the titles. I thought they might be going into a program for SummerSlam guess that's not the case um so uh aj and almost are are gonna be holding the titles for a little longer and to me this story is kind of just boring it's kind of just there you know like it's not super captivating it's not very exciting it's just like i mean right after they won the titles in wrestlemania they were off tv for what like a month like that shows how much investment there is in in these two and they're carrying the titles so how much investment there is in the raw tag team titles just not the best i think um an actual team like the viking raiders um would be better suited to hold the titles and be a dominant tag tag team for a while there was a interview with the uh, mcintyre next you know nothing much to talk about there um the wwe title match was after that promo it was Lashley and Kofi, and it was perfectly done. Um, dominant performance by Lashley. Really, really well put together. Made Lashley look like an absolute monster, which he should. And um, really, really enjoyable for for what it was. You know, I was hoping this is the way the match went, and it did. So, good. that was good booking all around. Uh, after that match was the Raw Women's title match. And um, 
The crowd really was not into this match at the start, but um, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair did an amazing job of turning the crowd and gaining their interest. Um, Charlotte flipped off the crowd to get some reaction, get some um, heat early in the match. Um, and it, it's tough because it was seemingly a bad guy versus bad guy match, protag- or antagonist versus antagonist match with both Rhea and Charlotte. Um but by the end of the match, Charlotte and Rhea got the crowd really into it, and the crowd was going crazy when Charlotte got the win to to uh, win the Raw Women's Championship. Um, really, really well done. Um, really good, like case study in in wrestling of like, you know, when uh, wrestlers complain like, "Oh, it was a bad crowd." Well, these two. The crowd was not there for them. It wasn't. They were chanting for Becky Lynch. They were chanting for Nikki to come out and cash in. Um, They just seemed overly bored, didn't really want to be involved with the match. Um, And, you know, this is midway through the show, so you're in that lull of, all right, the the early energy is gone. You're trying to save your energy for the, the main matches at the end of the show. Um, and as a crowd, that gets tiring. Like, it wasn't overly an amazing match, but they just the way they uh, worked the crowd was fantastic. Like, uh, that that in itself made it a really, really great match to me for watching. They didn't do anything over the top or, or, or crazy or anything like that. It was just like, oh wow, they really turned this crowd, like, the crowd was super into the, the match, once, once, uh, the last probably five minutes, the crowd, and it kept building and building and building, you could hear the crowd getting more and more interested, what a great job Rhea and Charlotte did, and I'm glad Charlotte won the title, I think it's better on her, um, eventually I think we're gonna see Becky Lynch return, and it'll be Becky versus Charlotte at SummerSlam. That would be a huge match. Yeah, we've seen it a thousand times, but that's probably the biggest women's match that WWE could do at this point. Um, so that that Rhea versus Becky would have been okay, but um, this is SummerSlam, second biggest event of the year. Um, or, you know, that's what they, they tag it as. Um, so you want big matches? Doesn't really get much bigger than Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Then Peacock started having some problems. Um, there was a promo. Couldn't really see the promo. I know it was Boogs and Nakamura and Riddle and KO was there for a second. I don't, I'm not really sure. Peacock was just skipping all over the place. And it was definitely a Peacock issue because my brother and I, we both have Peacock. So it wasn't just like internet or anything like it was bad. And this continued into the men's money in the bank ladder match. Um, Peacock just glitched all the way through the match. I missed the whole match. I mean, I saw little snippets of it. And for the snippets that I saw, the crowd seemed into it, but just really stinks. I really look forward to this match every single year. And, um, I actually had to go back and watch it. And, um, it was a solid money in the bank ladder match. It had the typical spectacular moments, you know, Kevin Owens going through a ladder, 
lots of high flying with Ricochet and John Morrison. A lot of finishers hit. Um, Riddle hit a bunch of RKOs. McIntyre hit a couple of Claymores. Owens hit a couple of stunners. There was a good interference spot where uh, McIntyre was cost the match by Jinder Mahal and uh, Shaky and Veer, who were not in the match. And we had a well-deserved winner in Big E. I'm happy to see Big E win the t- uh not the title. He, well, hopefully they'll win the title, whatever he cashes in on. But I was happy to see Big E uh, win Money in the Bank. Um, I, I can't wait to see what he does as Mr. Money in the Bank. He's incredibly entertaining. This is very well-deserved. Uh, I hope he holds it for a little bit. Um, I don't see him really cashing in on Roman or Bobby Lashley, which is interesting, right? Because um, eventually he is going to have to cash in. Right now he's a good guy, and he'll probably cash in on a bad guy. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, Bobby is building as a dominant champion, and Roman is a dominant champion. Um, it Whenever Big E does cash in, it's going to be a huge moment, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that. After that match, Seth Rollins, who, of course, was in the Money in the Bank ladder match, he did a promo saying no matter what, he's next in line for the Universal title, which was then the next match on the show, uh, the main event of the show, Edge versus Roman Reigns. This match, good match, really a masterclass in psychology in and and match psychology in main event psychology and um it did feel a little long by the end of it there was a lots of chicanery going on with um the usos coming out and the mysterio stopping them and then seth rollins um super kicking edge and the, the ref being knocked out at one point um, and, you know, basically Seth cost Edge the, 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 the match. Um, it, it, it was a solid match. Don't get me wrong. It was just a lot going on there at the end. Um, but it was the right finish. Roman winning was the absolute right finish. Um, and Seth Rollins and Edge was set up for SummerSlam, which is a little weird because Seth said, you know, like in a, on maybe 45 minutes, hour before that, in that promo before the match, that no matter what, he's next in line for a universal title match, which now it seems like he's going to be giving up this title match for a match against Edge at SummerSlam. But that's still a huge match. And of course, we had the John Cena return, which for me was expected. I was expecting something big to happen, whether it was Brock Lesnar, whether it was John Cena, something. Um, and it was a perfect way to go off the air. Um, Cena and Roman are now set up for SummerSlam 2. Very well done. Very good booking by WWE. Um, two big time matches set up for SummerSlam, um, right at the end of a pay-per-view and, you know, that you're always building in wrestling to the next show. Um, and SummerSlam is the next big pay-per-view, so... That was really, really well done. I'm excited to see what happens on SmackDown with uh, with Roman and, and Cena. Um, but we haven't gotten there just yet. 
Overall, Money in the Bank, besides the glitches, was a really, really solid pay-per-view. It was fun. It was enjoyable. It had some great surprises. And it went off the air with a ton of excitement. And that is the best way for any sort of show to go off the air, especially a wrestling show. So I'm going to continue with the excitement and move on to my favorite moments of the shows this week in wrestling. And I'm going to do that in the What Drew SmackDown last week was the first show for WWE back with full arena filled with fans and Vince McMahon coming out getting the first cheer was perfect uh, he just came out and said where the hell have you been and that was the, the start that the show needed um, I, I loved it it's always great seeing Vince it's rare, more rare occurrences now um, and uh, just what a great moment um, the show had a, uh, six man tag, the Mysterios and Edge versus the, Mis- uh, versus, um, the Usos and, uh, Roman Reigns. Um, and that was a fine match, but I, what I really like was after the match, Edge was doing a promo and Seth interrupted him just like Edge interrupted Seth the week before. And, you know, as we saw on Money in the Bank, this build towards a Seth Edge match at SummerSlam, I am all for. I They're both great performers. This is a great spot for both of them. Keeps them away from the title, but puts them in a feud that is going to be uh, pretty entertaining, I'm sure. And uh, it's going to have a great match on SummerSlam. So uh, it's a lot to look forward to with this storyline. Big surprise was Finn Balor's back on SmackDown. Um, he came out, did his typical entrance, um, after Sami Zayn was doing a promo, which by the way, Sam, Sammy's awesome. Um, but Finn got a huge reaction. He did not do the Prince mannerisms though. And I'm hoping to see the Prince character that he was doing in NXT, um, this last year. Or so I hope that's where this character goes. He just seemed to be, you know, Balor Club Finn. Um, you know, Balor Club is for everyone um, and a good guy. Um, whereas the Prince was kind of in between. He was a bad guy and then he moved more towards a good guy uh, near the end of his run in NXT versus Karrion Cross. Um, I think the Prince character is the evolution that um, the Finn character needs to get to. Um, I mean, the demon is great and all that, and he'll be a good guy for a while. At least it seems like it. Um, and he'll get lots of cheers, but, um, just going back to that smiling good guy, the prince was something different. He was on another level as the prince, and I hope he continues to be the prince. I would love to see that. And somebody else who did great on SmackDown was Baron Corbin. His Corbin fun promo was 
hilarious. He's so good. He was asking for money. I think he was asking for like $100,000 just so he could get back on his feet. Um, Because, you know, now he's just like losing everything. Uh, He's losing his house. He lost his car. He has to sell a bunch of stuff, you know, so he doesn't have the money to pay for anything and he's he went the emotional route saying he's got a baby daughter and so he he needs the money to just support his family and get back on his feet i loved it all of this was really really good corbin i like where this character is going um it he's uh, he's been great for a long time i've loved baron corbin really since the nxt days and the lone wolf days um he's growing his hair out his beard and his um and his hair and it's just all gray and fuzzy and he looks like a mess Uh, this is really really working for me something on raw that really worked for me was reggie reginald winning the 24 7 title this gives him something to do he was dumped by nyan and shana minutes before um and i did have thoughts like okay what is what are they gonna do with this guy now like um, he doesn't have much of a so- solid storyline. He's super athletic, really entertaining. The stuff he can do is amazing with all the acrobatic gymnastic type of things. Um, that type of talent can always be utilized. So I'm glad he's got something going on. I hope it lasts for a while. Um, but I, I don't know. After he broke up with Nia and Shayna, um, I can see him kind of just disappearing pretty quickly. But you never know. He seems entertaining enough that he might make it through uh, some bad story writing. Goldberg was a surprise on Raw. He came out, confronted Bobby Lashley. He challenged Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. That's where this mat or that's where the story is going for SummerSlam. Um, I am fine with that. Uh, I know some people are sick of Goldberg. I mean, I didn't really have a great reaction to him, but I think it's uh, it's good in the sense that it's another person for Bobby Lashley to go through. Lashley just dominated a returning Keith Lee. He dominated um, Kofi at the pay-per-view. And this time with Goldberg, it'll be a big name, and it'll only help Lashley become a bigger star and a more dominant force. Uh, as WWE champion so the more and more you can build a monster the more and more uh, effective it is when the monster gets beat so another person will be made and become a star uh, when they beat Bobby Lashley so this is a good story overall Uh, I'm sure the promos won't won't be that great it'll be a lot of physical activity Uh, but this will be one of the main events of SummerSlam and so we'll have uh, Bobby Lashley and Goldberg will have uh, Seth Rollins and Edge, and we'll have John Cena and Roman Reigns. And uh, those are three big matches. And if Becky Lynch returns, then it's going to be Becky and Charlotte. So those are four huge matches um, for SummerSlam. And I, I think that's where SummerSlam uh, will be going. Um but for right now, Charlotte Flair is the Raw Women's Champion. Becky Lynch hasn't showed up. Um, uh, and I was actually genuinely surprised by Nikki A.S.H.'s cash-in on Raw. Um, 
just because of everything I, I, I talked about that I was expecting Charlotte Flair versus Becky Lynch for the women's title, the Raw women's title at SummerSlam because uh, that would be a huge match. But now with this cash in, I don't know if that's where this is going. Um, but really, really great for Nikki. I'm not sold on the character yet. Um, and I wish the women's money in the bank was held a little bit longer um, since the first winner, Carmella, had it for a long time. Nobody has held it a very long time. Like, Alexa Bliss cashed in immediately uh, after she won it the same night. So did Bailey. Um, Asuka won the Raw Women's Championship because Becky Lynch was pregnant last year. Like, Nikki uh, Nikki, uh, Ash cashed in and won the Raw Women's title the next night. Um, I like when the Money in the Bank briefcase is in play um, because I think it just adds uh, such an element of surprise. Um, But regardless of all that, Nikki Ash really, really shined during the Performance Center era where she was with Alexa Bliss and she was just going crazy and doing all this wild stuff on commentary and was really entertaining, uh, very funny. Um, I think it's a well-deserved title win. Despite me not being sold on this Nikki Ash character or Nikki A.S.H. character or whatever we're supposed to call her, um, a very uh, hard-fought win for the title. Uh, And I mean that as in time-wise it took a long time for her to get there and it's really really um really really well deserved that she she got the title um for all her hard work moving to nxt um the first hour really not much but the second hour really kicked in um especially with hit row and legato del fantasma i am definitely into this storyline Hit Row's rapping promos are unique. Santos Escobar has been great for a while. I'm all in for this feud. I think it's going to be fun and entertaining. Hopefully it leads to uh, Santos winning the North American Championship because I think that's where he's going anyway. They're doing a nice little uh, slow build situation with Santos. He won the Cruiserweight Championship last year. This year, hopefully, he'll win the North American title, and he'll hold that for a while, eventually lose that, and then hopefully move on to the NXT title. It's a nice step-by-step process, um, really building this this character, and he is a great performer, good on the mic, good in the ring. What's there to not like? Um, the NXT Breakout Stars Tournament... Um, I don't know really any of the people in it, but Odyssey Jones looked like a cool prospect from his match this week. He's big, strong, agile. He's got charisma. He's got all the makings of being a star. I like him. Um, I'm glad to see this. uh, Usually I'm not sold on uh, these types of things or new characters all that much, especially with really no build. Uh, I know they're doing the little vignettes of like, this is who this person is. Um, but Odyssey Jones, he looked like a, like a cool prospect. That's, I mean, that's the best way I can say he looked like a good, uh, like he had a lot of potential. Um, and hopefully that potential gets utilized and molded and 
he becomes a big time star. And speaking of big time stars, to me, LA Knight, Cameron Grimes are big time stars. They are the perfect combo. Um, they're very much like um, the Miz and Damian Sandow when Damian Sandow was doing the stunt double Miz Dow um, character. The crowd cheers for Grimes, they boo LA. They could do a lot with this bit. It could go on for a while. I, they're both great on the mic, great in the ring, and uh, they could just have a lot of fun with this. And where it's going to go, I don't know, but I'm excited to see it every single week, and I hope they continue to be on every single week, whether it's a match or the videos they do. Um, this is a great story. Moving to AEW, Nick Gage will be in AEW. Um, he showed up on Dynamite this week. I've heard a lot about him. I know there's a Dark Side of the Ring on him. I haven't watched those yet this season. Um, I know he's been on a few interviews I've listened to, but I really don't know much. Um, and I'm I'm definitely excited to see what he's all about. He'll be facing Chris Jericho next week. Um at uh, Fight for the Fallen um, in a no-DQ match. Nick Gage, apparently, he's the king of the death matches. He's been arrested before. Um, he's kind of this cult type of character, um, from what I understand. I want to give him a shot. I want to see what he's got. Um, that rhyme was not intended, but <laughs> I'm going to move on to the next uh, segment that I really liked, which was Andrade introducing Chavo Guerrero as his manager. Now, we know Vicky Guerrero brought in uh, Andrade to AEW. I absolutely love this. I was so surprised by Chavo showing up. I definitely was not expecting anything like that. And then there was a promo that followed up with the Death Triangle, and this was a good segment. Um, I would love to see... Uh, a super Latino group with uh, Phoenix and Penta and Andrade and um, Chavo all together. Um, although AEW already has a ton of groups and factions, I think this would be very unique, something special where they can go back and forth. Um, I find myself captivated by uh, these types of um, these groups and especially Andrade where He'll speak a little English and then speak some Spanish. And it's like, you, you have to listen a little bit more um, because it's like, what, what is, he say, is he saying something? And, and it's like, is that Spanish? Is he saying this in English? Um, and it's just, it, it, it's like if a guy is talking quieter, you have to really hone in and listen, really be engaged in it. And that's what happens when um, Penta and Phoenix and um and Andrade all 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 talk and Chavo into the mix now is going to be a great um addition as a, a very credible legendary family uh background I'm I'm all for something happening with Death Triangle and Andrade the end of the show was the IWGP US title match between John Moxley and Lance Archer, and I was actually surprised that Lance Archer won the match. Um, I wasn't surprised that Lance won in his hometown. That's awesome, and he came out last, 
It had the makings of Lance Archer winning, and they kept hyping that Moxley's held this title for over 500 uh, days. I almost said 500 years. Over 500 days. To me, the biggest surprise was this was John Moxley's first definitive loss on AEW television. Um, he lost the AEW world title to Kenny Omega in uh, uh, chicanery, uh, in um, you know, slight, slighted fashion. He got hit with the mic. It wasn't fair. Um, I think he lost another match. It might have been a tag match. Uh, oh, he, the him and um, Kingston lost to the Young Bucks for the tag titles, and that had a bunch of um, you know bad guy chicanery as well. I mean, Brandon Cutler like sprayed the the cold mist into Moxley's eyes or Kingston's eyes. Moxley didn't even get pinned in that match. So I think those are Moxley's only two losses, both not definitive losses Lance Archer beat Moxley definitively Moxley it was by knockout or submission so a definitive uh finish was gonna happen that's I thought Moxley would still win regardless of it being Lance Archer's hometown plus Moxley's the bigger star and that's not what happened um Moxley got his first definitive loss he got uh, knocked out. He got counted out. It was a really quick count by Rick Knox, though. Like usually, it's drawn out. You could tell they were going off the air, and he kind of the referee kind of r- r- rushed through the count. But regardless, Lance Archer won the U.S. title, and uh, it was a really really cool moment. But now I'm gonna move on to the really really not so so cool moments in this week in wrestling, and I'm gonna do that in the Drew count. Has he got the fingers locked? No, he got out. I can't believe it. Nobody's ever kicked out of that. The Drew Count are my moments to complain about from the shows this week in wrestling. And I was just talking about AEW. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't really find anything to complain about on AEW this week. So I'm going to just move right to SmackDown. SmackDown started out with two matches that ended up in roll-ups. This also happened on the Raw previously uh, to this SmackDown. So I'm not sure if they just like recycle writing or what the heck happened here. Very weird uh, scenario though. um, Because not the Raw I'm talking about on this show. But last week's Raw. That I complained about on last podcast having two roll-ups in a row uh, to start the show. SmackDown had the same thing this week. Really, really bizarre. You know, I, I, I don't know if that's just like um, something they're like, oh, let's just do a roll-up, you know, we'll pick that. And then just like two in a row. Maybe if it was one in each hour, that would be all right. But still a little, a little weird. Um, there were a lot of replays and recaps on SmackDown as well. I mean, I understand they were probably expecting a pretty big rating with crowds returning and it being the first show uh, in an arena with a full crowd, so they were expecting a larger viewing audience. Um, but there were a ton of replays and recaps, and it's just like, whew, this is too much. Um, some referee issues we have going on in WWE um, both on SmackDown and on Raw. So on SmackDown, the ref clearly moved the ladder from uh, under Biggie's shoulder for the finish of the main event match, uh, allowing Seth Rollins to win. Um, that's a little weird. 
Um, it's not unbiased at all either. Like that, that's clearly blatant. And then on Raw, it looked like the ref helped pull Riker over to cover Elias and win the Symphony of Destruction match. So what the heck is going on here with these referees? Are they, um, uh, are they uh, getting paid off? Uh, is there some sort of uh, ref scandal that's going on um, in WWE? And uh, are, are they getting paid off, or what's happening here? That's just um, and 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 if nothing's happening, um, that is bad. It's blatant. Like um, the one, <laughs> the one with Seth Rollins was pretty blatant that he, but the ref definitely moved the ladder. Um, and then the raw one was less blatant. I mean, it did look like he helped pull Riker over Elias to win the match, but maybe that was just my interpretation of what happened. Go back and watch it if you can. It does look like this referee helps out, uh, uh, pull Riker over to, uh, pin Elias. Um, with, uh, more raw talk here. And not the show, because I don't watch Raw Talk. But um, I'm hoping we're done with the Sheamus and Umberto Carrillo match um, storyline. Sheamus definitively beat Carrillo this time. Um, I'm so tired of the story. It's been going on forever. Like, I hope we're done. Sheamus is great, but Umberto Carrillo is just not a star. There's something missing with him. Uh, maybe he just hasn't had the time or whatever it is, um, but something's missing there. Sheamus with the U.S. title is, is good and fine. I'm just hoping he moves on to something else. Speaking of titles, Karrion Cross, the NXT champion, showed up on um, on Raw. He got a couple of uh, uh, promos during the show, which I didn't like. I wish he would have just showed up. Firstly, secondly, his presentation in the entrance was so lackluster. There was no scarlet, there was no smoke, um, nothing. It didn't feel special whatsoever. And it's like this is your number one champion on a brand of your show, um, and he just did not. He was not made to look good. He lost his match to Jeff Hardy. I mean, he got promo time, which is fine, but, like, what is the deal with that? Like, he did not make Cross look good, which does not make NXT look good. Also, what's going on with these show crossovers, you know? Um, Mandy's showing up on NXT, Karrion Cross showing up on Raw. Maybe they're just flip-flopping. I don't know. Um, at least it does seem like something's going on with Mandy, uh, and the Robert Stone brand and Frankie Monet on NXT. Um, we're just waiting for that to develop, but it doesn't seem like Karen Cross is going to be uh, NXT champion for much longer now. So it's weird. Um, maybe he'll lose at the Takeover after SummerSlam, which would that was something interesting. That Takeover is August twenty second, SummerSlam is August twenty first. So usually Takeover happens before the WWE pay-per-view. The WWE pay-per-view is actually happening before uh, TakeOver, and I'm sure that has to do with the arena and uh, Allegiant Stadium and what was available. Um, But I'll just continue on talking about NXT while I'm on that topic. As I mentioned earlier, the first hour 
really, really was not captivating at all. And then the end of the show also was hurt a little bit because in the main event match with Zia Lee and Raquel Gonzalez, it looked like Zia Lee legitimately got hurt in the midsection of the main event. Um, Raquel did her powerbomb finish and then did a splash onto Zia and um, pinned Zia, but Zia kicked out and then the referee... Um, went over and checked on Zaya, and Zaya was covering her midsection. There were the two medical staff members, professionals, whatever, for WWE ringside talking to Zaya. Um, the the camera was just really focusing on Gonzalez, which usually means this is something legitimate, not part of the story. Really put a damper on the match. I hope Zaya is okay because I have been really enjoying what. Zaya's been doing, but just a total bummer um, for her and for the women's title and for the women's division on NXT. Um, and overall, just like I hope, I hope she's okay. Um, that's gonna do it for this Drew count. I'm gonna move on to my overall ratings and impressions of the shows this week in wrestling, and I'm gonna do that in the Redrew segment. <laughs> In this Redrew segment, I give my overall ratings and impressions of the shows this week in wrestling, but I don't do star ratings or number ratings or any grades, no letters, no thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, no stars, nothing like that. I put my own unique twist on it, and so if you've listened to the podcast before, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, you'll find out very quickly. So starting with SmackDown, Full Arena was back with the live crowd made the show feel very invigorated, and I'm giving SmackDown the rating of a shot of adrenaline because that's what a shot of adrenaline does. It makes you feel reinvigorated. Pretty solid show overall. It was a good lead-in to Money in the Bank, and uh, it was enjoyable for me. As for Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw really pulled out all the stops. So that's the rating I'm giving Monday Night, Raw, Monday Night Raw this week is pulling out all the stops because there was a ton that happened. Keith Lee returned, Goldberg returned, Karrion Cross debuted, Jeff Hardy returned back to his old music, um, which maybe that signals a character change for him. I mean, he did win by putting his feet on the ropes. That's an antagonist move. Nikki Ash, Nikki A-S-H, whatever we're calling her, cashed in. It just felt like Raw was doing everything they could to have a refresh show, which was uh, welcomed by me because Raw really hasn't been great um, uh, all that much uh, the last few months. Um, so maybe the, 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 the crowd being back and the, all these... Uh, new character, well, not new characters, but all these characters, uh, these fresher characters that aren't overexposed on Raw will breathe some new life into the show, and uh, Raw will be much better uh, for the foreseeable future. NXT, as I mentioned, really lackluster first half of the show, but it turned into a very captivating and intriguing second half of the show, and that is why I'm giving NXT the rating of second half adjustments. So, in a football game specifically, or even a basketball game, 
adjustments are made, especially after halftime. The uh, teams finish the first half. They go back into the locker rooms. You know, they uh, reinvigorate. They recoup. They relax. They get some adjustments from their coaches and then come back and hopefully play better than they did in the first half. That's what NXT did. Um, NXT was better in the second half of the show. And, um, you know, not necessarily the best start, but a good finish. And a good finish is really what matters, um, as we saw by Money in the Bank with John Cena returning. A good finish can really push a pay-per-view, push a show over the edge from good to great or from not so good to, oh, hey, that was pretty good. That was decent. For AEW... Very much like Raw, they had a lot of surprises, um, but there was really nothing to point out that was negative. So for AEW, it was a anything you can do, I can do better scenario, and that's the rating I'm giving AEW. Anything you can do, I can do better. Because WWE was doing it with specifically Raw, um, but then AEW did it with Dynamite and just did it a little bit better with not so much negative to point out. Plus, AEW has the um, luxury and advantage of going second in the week to Raw so they could see what happens on Raw and react and adjust to it and kind of shape things up a little bit better and tighten things up for their show. So that is the show for this week. Uh, Thank you for listening. Please rate review and subscribe the show subscribe to the show do all the things that you're supposed to do to uh, support a show um like it on social media follow it on social media share the show on social media retweet sending comments leave reviews if you want to further support the show you can do that by clicking on the anchor page um there's a link there you can click that And uh, whatever gets put in there will get put right back into the podcast. If you want to try to interact with the show, you can do that through Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at DWOPod or through email, DWOPod at gmail.com. If the only thing you do is tell a friend, that's appreciated as well. Spread the word about it. Um, Be a friend, tell a friend. Um, Just tell them, hey, I like this podcast. You like wrestling. You might like this podcast. It's called the Drew World Order Podcast, and they can find us on pretty much any and all podcasting platforms. Uh, But if all you do is listen to this podcast, I really appreciate it. We had a pretty solid week of wrestling. Everything feels uh, like it's fresh again with all the, the shows being back with full live audiences and full live crowds. We WWE's on the road to SummerSlam. AEW is on the road to All Out. Um, so two huge pay-per-views coming up for both both companies. We have a lot to look forward to, and uh, I hope it's as much as uh, we, we are building it up to be, and uh, I hope it's going to be. Um, but other than that, Thank you for listening. I hope your experience was Drew Sweet.